Hello everyone and welcome to the Absolute Cycling Podcast. Here we share stories, ideas and tips on all things cycling. I am your host Johan Weikert and I look forward to spending this time with you. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Absolute Cycling Podcast. And uh, I'm honored to have Hanni Boerta with me today. She uh, she joined our, our coaching family recently. Um, and Hanni's forte is nutrition. So, uh, yeah, we, I mean, in the, in the last couple of, of months and, and, and years, we've realized that uh, what you do on the bike or even a triathlon, a triathlete is, is only part of the journey. And your, your, your fuel in your body is becoming more and more important. So we're excited to have Hanni as part of our team. So Hanni, welcome. Thank you so much, Johan, and what a great privilege to join your team. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, thank you for saying it's a privilege. We'll see how things pan out. So, Hanni, you, you, are, you are based in East London, am I correct? Yes, I'm based in East London. Um, I studied in Pretoria, so I'm actually originally from Gate. Uh, studied in Pretoria, but in 2004, um, after finishing my community service in East London, I moved down to East London and we've been here ever since. And uh, and you've got what is your what's your nutritional practices now? Uh, nutrition at heart. Yes, so I've got my own private practice. Um, I used to work at a high-performance center at one of the primary schools, uh, but after COVID, I kind of went on my own, and now I'm sort of doing ho- home visits and consulting from home. Well, that's, I mean, COVID has changed all of our lives, sometimes to the better and sometimes to the worse. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> yeah. And then Andy, you also, you know, Andy was introduced to me uh, by Cindy Schultz, who's our, our coach down in London as well. And, and Cindy told me Andy is quite a formidable marathon runner or, or, or runner. Andy, tell us about your sport. Yes, yeah, so I'm more into the running than cycling. Um, also, not really marathon, more half marathon. So I do more like uh, 10 kilometers, 15 and half marathon. So I like the shorter but faster distances. And um, yeah, I'm also competing, obviously, in the, the veteran category. Um, I'm turning 44 next week. And yeah, I've had a great year so far. So at the SA half marathon champs, I finished eighth lady and I was first in my age category. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, well done. You see, I didn't, that but I didn't even know. So we've got another, another champ guiding the future champs yeah. in our family. So yeah, that's awesome. Andy, I, so in, uh, in preparation for this chat, I actually asked Andy to talk to us about um, post uh, intensity activity nutrition. And, and, and I, and I, and I, very much um, becoming an issue with uh, uh, more midlife cyclists doing stage races and they're not recovering fast enough for uh, for the days thereafter. And, and I know, I mean, I, I, I'm a midlife cyclist and I also finished my first day of a signing to see and then go and have beer instead of <laughs> quality <laughs> nutrition. <laughs> so, Andy, I mean, can we, can we have a chat about that? And I think uh, also I know... People do, we do a lot of training on Zwift and the guys, you know, they do a, a very high intensity session on Zwift, jump off the bike, jump through the shower and get off to work instead of, of, of recovering a bit. So, Andy, can you, let's have a chat about, about that. Can you, uh, Emily, let me hand over to yeah. you. Post-training nutrition. So before we look at the event itself, I want to go back one step because what you do during your training 
you actually prepare your body because that's actually what you're going to simulate on the event. So I find, um, you know, a lot of sports people are quite well diligent with carbo loading three days prior and then trying to recover on the day, uh, or if it's a stage race, the days that follow. But um, it's actually the other 50% should be focusing on just the normal day-to-day training. Um, and the reason why is after an intensity training session, um, within 30 minutes of finishing your session, there's that window period where um, you actually teach your body to store more carbohydrates in the form of glycogen. So um, let's say you do a swift session of 45 minutes to an hour. Um, within 30 minutes, you need to put back a certain quantity of carbohydrates and protein um, in order to recover. And obviously, um, you teach your body then um, to store not only minimal carbs, which is for people that don't train, it's usually 230 grams of carbohydrates, usually 100 gram in the liver, the rest will be stored in muscle. But if you use that window period um, where there's still a lot of blood flow, the, the exercise hormones are still present, adrenaline and noradrenaline, and you take enough carbohydrates, but you've actually stopped your training session, you can actually teach your body to store up to 680 grams of carbohydrate sure. in the form of glycogen. So during just your, you know, leading up to event, if you're quite diligent with your recovery, you already have a, I want to say, a head start. Okay, so then coming back to the event. Um, yes, yeah, so obviously, Fashan, um, depending on how long you're cycling for, you will have to take some form of carbohydrates during. Today, we're more going to chat on post. So again, once you've finished, especially if you know it's a stage race, you're going into the next day, that 30 minutes is crucial. Um, you know, within finishing, within 30 minutes, you'll have to take a certain quantity of carbohydrates. So obviously, if it's an event, we say it's up to 50 grams of carbohydrates. It can be more. That should be minimum. Where in a normal training session, we focus on about 25 grams of carbohydrate. Now, just is practical it, is example. It's it straight oh, after the activity. After, yes, after the activity. So if you look at um, 25 grams, that would, for instance, be what you find in a steri stumpy is often a go-to because you get your carbohydrate and protein in one. But if you need more than that, like the 25 grams, if you're going now up to 50 grams, recovery drinks and other things becomes, I want to say, essential because, number one, once you just finish, you're not really hungry to eat food. So fluid yeah. and recovery drinks and bars is kind of the go-to. But you also within that 30 minutes, you need carbohydrates and protein. So they've also shown, studies have shown that the protein there has a, a big role to play with recovery, not so much during. So it's not so much during, it's afterwards. Yeah. And then from there, in the following hour, it should be again followed by another 25 to 50 grams. And then again, because the glucose stores was depleted, depending on how long you cycled, it's important to try and get another snack, getting into your supper meal. So I want to say the more calories you can get in, in the form of carbohydrates, um, the better going into the next day, especially with the okay. stage rate. Let's, let's just go back one step because what, what you said is quite interesting for me. So that in during a 30-minute period after hard intensity, you, you teach your body how to store more carbohydrates. Yes. And so so in in, in, uh, in, our, in our training uh, process, we, we've got an aerobic capacity, which is sub-threshold, sub where we generate power with oxygen and carbohydrates yes. uh, and, and fat. And then the, the above-threshold anaerobic world is all uh, carbohydrate, glycogen, uh, carbohydrate, 
carbohydrates that we use in our muscles. So it's all stored carbohydrates. So you're saying to me that if we do a recovery well, we can we can create a bigger matchbox. Exactly. You, you, so you teach, you will still remember the fuel mix will always be a combination between carbohydrates and fat. That depends on the intensity, like you just said. So if it's really, let's say zone one, touching on zone two, um, it's more more fat versus carbohydrates. But if you go into your zones, where we obviously um, I'm looking at zone three, zone four, you'll burn more carbohydrates, you will still burn fat. Um, so it's not that the fat burning stops, but when your carbohydrates are depleted, um, it's not as if it goes over to more fat. The, the rate yeah, at which yeah. you burn fat will continue. Now you start burning muscle. So yeah. that, again, will affect strength. And the other thing is with losing muscle, Fushan, if if you're monitoring your weight, Fushan, if you start losing muscle mass, you're slowing metabolism again. Mm. So that's why you want to put back sufficient carbohydrates so you continue burning carbohydrates and not you'll, you will still burn fat and um, but if the carbohydrates is depleted you're going into muscle which is mm. also not right from a weight yeah. but also from a point of view. yeah yeah and then once the muscle is is is, is depleted getting your your uh, reserves back up is a is, is a bit of a lengthy process it doesn't happen overnight that's the thing that's the thing so if you want to, to try and then you have to obviously stimulate new muscle so what i often see in practice is um exactly that so people will from they train hard so you stimulate muscle but because the recovery is not proper properly done you just break down that muscle again so at the end we struggle to lose weight because the idea of exercise is also to stimulate muscle but then recover with sufficient carbohydrates so that you actually maintain that muscle not only for strength you know to benefit exercise but if you maintain that extra muscle it in effect in effect mean that you're going to actually burn you're going to need more calories you're not necessarily going to give more calories but that extra muscle will actually burn your own body fat because you've maintained yeah. that muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah Often yeah. people, they, they run on muscle. That's how I will tell them, teach them, says, when you're building muscle and you're breaking it down again. So we, we hardly, or we don't get um, into fat stores as we would like to because the muscle factor comes in because we mm. are skin carbohydrates. Yeah. So you drop, so the bottom line is if you go, if your carbohydrates is too low and you keep on going hard, you're going to burn muscle instead of fat. If you, I mean, if the carbohydrates is low and you drop your intensity, and you, then you're going to start burning fat. But if you want to keep on going hard, you're going to you're yes. going to break you're going to break muscle down. Yes, yes, that's true. So you'll always burn fat again, depending on the the zone. It might be you know more if it's yeah. a lower zone. Um, yeah. But yeah, if the carbs is depleted, the next option is not fat muscle. Oh, muscle is the next option. Yeah. Yes, that's it. I mean that's a scary thing. And then, um, so we talk about thirty minutes. I mean, I know for ladies, it's a bit shorter than for men, eh? Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so the thing is also, yeah, so that's the 30 minutes, you meaning the recovery period. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So I think yeah, men, so what I've read is men can go back 45, but ladies must have it within 30. Yes, yeah, so, so the, the big thing is it, it's all about, um, you know, intensity as well. Yeah. Um, and then from a recovery point of view, again, if the intensity was not that hard, and what I would suggest to my clients in practice is we don't necessarily have to add additional portions. We can actually use your snack and space it so that it looks like a recovery. So let's say there was a fruit and a yogurt that was actually the afternoon snack. Instead yeah. of 
I'm actually adding extra calories. You can just bring it a bit closer so that it follows within 30 minutes. And so in, in that way, we're sparing calories, but we're still not losing muscle. It looks like a recovery, but we, you know, we're clever with calories. Okay, let's. So I want only. I want to go through a practical example. So I've kind of. So I've done Captain Cycle Tour. It was three yes. hours. I went very hard. I'm at the finish line, and the first thing that must happen is my wife must pass me my recovery shake. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. So recovery shake obviously has a carbohydrate and a protein content. Yeah. 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 Not a protein shake. A recovery shake. And then, yes. and then, and then, you know, now I stood around there for a bit and it's like an hour later, I said, now eat again. Yes, you will need to take in some form of carbohydrates again. Preferably and, in and, a meal form, but most people don't, don't always feel like having a meal. So even if you then have to take it in a fluid form again, but often hours something has to follow. So okay. you'll have so, but to what is, Give me some good examples of this because what, what often happens is you, yeah, I know I've had a recovery shake, everyone starts talking and everyone is excited and now I go to your closest coffee shop and you have a you have a tamazini or a hamburger or something your planning is obviously essential so whoever brought the recovery shake if they can sneak in a fruit or you know maybe the wrap or whatever so yeah it is a bit of a problem because there's not always healthy options available um again at this stage um if it's a stage race i would say rather than go for the burger because at least you get the carbohydrates from the roll then skipping it completely so if you've got a, a event again the next day if it, if it was like a stage race then i'd say yeah. any form of corpse is better than no corpse most mountain bike stage races offers you a, a pasta which is which is which is ideal Perfect. yes so that would be ideal so obviously more a more complex carbohydrate would be better a wrap pasta that would be best um but again if there's not an option like that available i would Go for any a bar, fruit, any form of carbohydrates again, because if you delay that, you're definitely going to feel the impact of that the next day. So that's crucial. <laughs> if it was a once-off event, let's say like the Cape Town like a cycle to have, um, if you don't recover properly there, maybe Sean, it's okay. It might catch up with you in the week, which is Sean, you're any case going to recover. It's not as we're going to do an event again the following weekend, but you're going to feel the impact, but it's not as essential as when mm. you're doing a stage yeah, look, I mean, many, many people yeah. had, you know, the captain cycle to assist in one event and then a week or two later they're doing another event. So, they, you know, they want to recover quickly enough to be able to train again. Yes, and yes. So, so you talk about a bar and, I, and I, this is now like a pet issue for me. A protein yes. bar. What is the purpose of a protein bar? Because everyone kind of thinks this is something they must put in their pocket when they have an event. Yeah, no. The thing is, a protein bar is... The protein is high, but there's, there's not a benefit for it unless you finish. The, the, the yeah. protein benefit comes in once you finish. Um, also, for, um, for muscle but a while, clients... But a while after you finish, because I mean, just after you finish, you need carbohydrates. So that thing is actually only, it's going to be a snack later on, like two or three hours after that. Yes, you actually need, you need, you need the 50 grams of carbohydrates plus 12 to 25 grams of protein when you finish within that 30 minutes they've, yeah. they've shown that when you take protein with that the protein speeds up the uptake of the the glucose back yeah, yeah. To the but, liver. but but your recovery shakes got all of that in that's that's covered yes, yes. And now the, so next, the next the next meal you're gonna yes. have a wrap or pasta maybe there's some chicken and so you've yes. got protein there as well but you know the protein yes. bar by itself is not a it's not an energy source 
No, it's not a the show. So we're not relying on the protein. You can eat the protein bowl, but we after the carbohydrates. So yeah, yeah, even if there was no protein, it would make no difference. If, as long as you recovered with that little bit of carbs and protein, the next meal for and again going into the next day, have some protein, but the protein is not essential. It's the carbohydrates yeah. that you need to focus on. And then, I mean, if we if we then in the evening, so we're talking about a stage race, and the evening if we if we eat too big a portion of of Red meat, we're going to be suffering again for the next day. Yes, yeah, that, that's not clever. Also, again, with pre-event, that's what I usually tell you, you want more carbs. So you have to cut your protein so you can almost eat double the portion of carbohydrates. So that, again, protein fills you quite quickly. So if you're going to have huge portions of meat, you're not going to have enough space, <laughs> stomach space for the carbohydrates you want to get. So I agree, there's no, there's no benefit in huge quantities of protein the day before, actually the two or three days before. So obviously general lifestyle, yes, you can bring in protein because it helps to balance out carbohydrates, obviously keeping an iron weight. But three days prior and during event, have some protein, but that shouldn't be the main focus because there's not really yeah. it's not the, the main benefit. Yeah, no, I'm going to go off the topic a bit because I've got I've got a a young a young gentleman and he might listen to this and, and his dad is a is a, a brutal Champion, so, you put, <laughs> so and the and the and this, their their diet is is quite uh, meat intensive. So if, in terms of in terms of protein, um, you know, how big a portion is a is a is a is a, is a good size portion? If you have to you know, talk about, we're not talking about an event, we're talking about general during the week kind of stuff. You know, what is a good size protein portion? Yeah, okay, so I'm just thinking generally in practice, so if I look at, let's say, males, so I try and bring in protein, obviously, for lunch and supper. So um, let's say for lunch, you have like a leftover chicken breast in a pasta salad or wrap, or whatever. So that's usually about 100, maybe 120 grams. And then yeah. for supper, I usually work with around depending on the weight of the, the client, but it can be anything from 150, maybe up to 220. Again, depending on what your day looked like. Um, yeah. So a protein but you're portion... About, you're talking about 220, so that's that's like a lady's fillet. We're not talking about your 500 gram yeah. rump steak. Yes. And now, again, I'm looking at the day. So there was protein for lunch. There was protein for supper. We'll probably have a recovery shake, which already gives protein. We'll yeah. probably give a bit of bultong in between. So that's not the total protein intake. Again, if if the only protein intake for the day is supper, then it will be you know, the 300 or the 350 grams altogether in one. But I try and obviously split it, you know, throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, but I usually, for sports people, for the, for the guys I work with, um, two uh, gram um, uh, of protein per kilogram body weight. For for ladies, it's more like one point two, one point five gram. Is, is that for the day or for the for per meal? For the for the day for the day. Yeah, so, so it's like I'm, two. So if yeah, I'm eighty, and remember, okay, so if I say two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, I okay, I get a gram of protein that I work with, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily the weight of the meat that you're gonna. So that we work it out a bit differently, but that's but that's how okay. we'll get to the, the edible portion or the the protein that's absorbed, um, okay. and then practically we put it into okay. the portion size you should be having. Okay, so the, the, the piece of steak is a bit bigger than 160 grams for me if I weigh 80 kgs. Yes. Yes. And, and then, I mean, we and then the, the night before an event, the, the red it, red meat is a is a and please, I mean, I'm just what I've what I've read is it's it's, it's quite 
cumbersome to be digested by the by the stomach, and so it's you know might if you if you if you didn't eat it early enough, it affects your sleep, and you might start the next day with some unprocessed meat in your stomach. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's heavy, so protein take lo- it takes longer to digest. Also, Sean, if you're quite nervous, um, from your, your gut, the whole rate slows down. So those are all the factors you need to take into consideration. Also, um, you know, even things like vegetables. Vegetables has got a low carbohydrate content with a very high fiber content. So that's also not, not ideal to use in huge quantities. So moderation, but focus on carbohydrates so the carbohydrates is the portion that you want to double up and then you add a bit of you know you add a little bit of protein to add a little bit of veg um but your but the carbohydrate should be the focus and in, in, in any form of carbohydrate from from pasta to potato to sweet potato any form of carbohydrate or this or their preferences Yes, yeah, so we usually work with a low glycemic index. Um, so basically, the glycemic index um, classifies starchy food according to the rate the glucose releases. So your lower GI food um, would be things like sweet potato, corn, um, your um, your basmati rice and your brown rice and things are there. Um, pastas also there, the durum wheat pasta, your fatty simonis pasta. So yes, you know, at the end, grain and also not too fatty. So you don't want a pasta with a, a fatty type of sauce. Again, there's not, not much benefit in the fat. It's actually just going to mm. upset your stomach if you're also not used to it. So mm. um, also most of those grains is better than not having any grain. And again, my advice is always don't try anything new on an event. So make sure it's something that you've eaten before. You know how your body responds to that. That's the big thing, which I think is quite a challenge because going into a stage race, you're kind of dependent on other people preparing food. Um, so that is that is a big thing. I must say, you know, I've been doing stage races. I did my, I've been doing stage races for more than 20 years. And in the old days, they, 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 the nutrition was, you know, they wanted to spoil it. It's like going to a party. There was just all this weird, wonderful food. Nowadays, yeah. it's much more simplistic. So, they, I mean, the stage race organizers have realized that, uh, you know, quality nutrition in stage race is more important than how beautiful it is in the, <laughs> the presentation. Oh, yeah. I can say the same for dietetics, uh, for, for the nutritionists. Usually when we had conferences back in the day, <laughs> same thing. It was like a spread of food until everyone realized, like, you know, we need to stand for healthy choices. So I think they changed that also on the yeah. way. <laughs> Ali, well, thank you for that. I mean, I think it's important that we understand it, it straight after the activity. doesn't matter how, how long or short. If it was hard, you need... You need to you need to use a recovery shake. That's the best way. If you don't have a recovery shake, uh, a chocolate milk is yes. good. Yes, yeah. So then you you need some carbohydrates. You need protein. So it doesn't have to be a shake. If you prefer food, you can eat a banana, a big banana for the carbohydrate content, and yes, a glass of milk for protein. So um, it's not the shake. Everyone think it's a shake or it's a bar. It's not that. It's the quantity of carbohydrate and the quantity of protein within that 30 minutes. If you prefer whole grain food, that's fine. If you want to do a shake because it's convenient, that's also fine as long as you do but it within n- 30 minutes. It's not a Coke. A Coke is also with carbohydrates, but it's not the right thing. Yes, your Coke is not, not ideal, um, but <laughs> you know, some people, if that's your if that is your choice, go for or it. Or beer. Remember to add Protein. <laughs> yeah. So, honey. So, before we close, we close off. I think. Thank you for that. We. I just wanted to, to quickly touch on on, on, on how you uh, partner with us. Um. So, so, honey, I'm gonna. We've. We've. Honey's got three 
three different ways of, of uh, interacting with with you if you wanted to engage with her. The one is Hanley will do a, an, an assessment with you, um, which is kind of a once-off thing, Hanley. And, and, and based on that, you're going to give the client some some nutritional advice, some guidance, but it's not going to be day for day or week for week. It's just going to be some general guidance that says, this is what you're doing bad, this is what you're going to do, should you be doing better, and so on. Am I right? Yes, it is actually a complete plan. So what I do with just the basic assessment, I give you okay, a list of food, what to include, what to avoid, and then I work out, I put a one-day plan and a seven-day plan. So I pretty much put a week plan together for you that you know exactly what to do, breakfast, lunch, supper, snacks, and obviously it's based around training. So I also you know, recommend um, this is what you need to do for recovery. So yeah, if you follow, I mean, that plan is pretty complete for week in, week out, and obviously leading up to event or if, if the goal is weight loss or something. So yeah, so it's a pretty complete. You know, complete plan day day to day. It's a week plan, um, and yeah, focusing obviously on the the, new, uh, the training part as well, recovery and you know how to space your meals if you train before breakfast or yeah that sort of thing. Yeah, that's so that's yeah, the, the, the. Yeah, guys. So what we do is we actually share your training picks with Hanley uh, on on a training picks platform, so she she's got access to know exactly the intensity of exercises, the, the, when you're going to be racing, what races you're going to be picking for. So she has quite a lot of information to, 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 to guide you in terms of your nutritional choices. So there's, there's three levels of, of, of interventions. I mean, we, uh, we will share uh, on these contact details with this podcast. And uh, depending on how much you want her to be involved in your life and your, and, and, and your, and your nutritional um, process, I mean, the, the cost goes up a bit, but it's a, like a very basic level of just assessing, and then there's a pro level of where she's going to be kind of what, telling you what to eat just about every day of the week. Honey? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so those options, a little bit more hands-on, yeah. so week in, week out, maybe there's an event or training, yeah. you know, changes a bit, or weight, we need to get to a goal weight, yeah, so that's a little bit more hands-on, yeah, more often. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Anli, thank you for your time. I, mean, I think what I would like to do is, is, is have a regular chat. Um, and uh, yeah, and, some, and, and even those of you listening, if you've got a, if you've got a request in terms of what, what topic we need to address, please give me a shout and uh, yeah, then I can, we can have another, another session with Hanley and go through, uh, through more nutritional advice and, uh, and, and concepts to consider. Anli, thank you very much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Johan. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. That's it for this podcast. Until next time, love the ride.